0: Good to have you all here today. We're glad you're with us at Homestead Community Church. If you are a first-timer, I would love to meet you after the service. We just want you to feel welcome, and we're glad that you're with us. If you are not kind of familiar with this church, we meet here at this Methodist building. We rent space from them. We are pursuing another building that would be our church home. and. The one that we want, I keep driving by every Sunday morning like I keep praying and we keep talking to agents and we keep trying to, you know, knock on that door, waiting for God to open that door, a literal door this time, a God for open that door, um, and we're believing for that, um, but we have been a church for about three and a half years. My wife, Christy, and I are the pastors here. We would love to meet you after if you are new. Now, if you're new... You picked a great day to come to church today because of what we're talking about. Um, We have been in, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit, and you'll understand in a moment. Um, We have been in a series, three-week series, and this is part three, uh, on the Holy Spirit. So this is the third part, so you have missed, you know, Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, and you're coming in on Return of the Jedi, wondering what's going on. What's this force we're talking about? Um, But we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and today we are specifically talking about Speaking in tongues, okay? So that's why some of you are like, I came to church for the first time in years, and the reason I stayed away from church is because everyone kept talking about speaking in tongues, so I have never taught on this before, but it's something that I want us to be open to today, not, you know, open to the Word of God, open to what the Word of God says, and it just we say, God, we want everything you have for us. So um, I recognize that there is some baggage that goes along with a message like this. And I've got some all, my, all myself. I've got some growing up in church baggage that we're going to sort through today. Essentially, this is just one giant therapy session for me that you get to be a part of today. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so part one and two of the series, just to get you caught up real quick. Um, We, part one, we looked at the scriptures where Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit and he was teaching his disciples and his followers saying, I'm going to be leaving. We know that Jesus died and he rose and he ascended to heaven and he told his disciples, I'm going to be leaving, but it's actually good that I leave because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And this will be the presence of God not only being with you, but being in you. And we see in Scripture, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had the presence of God come and dwell in them and baptize in the Holy Spirit. And what this does, and Jesus taught us, is this is going to be the way that you have power and you have um, boldness and you're able to live the life that God has for you. A life of faith is not an easy Life to live, it's not smooth sailing. When you become a Christian, it doesn't mean everything just goes well automatically for you. And everyone in here could say an amen to that. We understand that. But what the Holy Spirit is, who he is, he is God. He is God's presence in the earth and he is God's presence in us. And then last week, part two, we talked about this, that there are gifts of the Spirit. There is the fruit of the Spirit. And when we walk through life having the presence of God in us, then we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit in us. We talked about the scripture, what the scripture says, that those fruit are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, self-control, all these things that when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you walk in the spirit, you begin to see some of these things happening in your life. And in addition to that, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how sometimes the Holy Spirit will use us to speak like a prophetic word over somebody, where you'll be walking by somebody and you'll sense God communicating with you, saying, I want you to talk to this person about this, or this person is really struggling right now, I want you to go and pray for them. Kind of a prophetic moment, sometimes things that we would, that God would show us that we would have no idea otherwise, or there's times where God, uh, there's a gift of healing or a gift of miracles, and that's why when we go through difficult times, when we go through sicknesses or illnesses, we pray because we believe there's power in the Holy Spirit to heal people, right? Amen? Can someone at least not, all right, we're getting, we're getting fired up today. All right. Ooh, ow! All right, so today, um, we are talking about speaking in tongues, and we've talked about last week, one of those spiritual gifts was the gift of tongues, and what that is, is God speaking through someone in another language or a heavenly language, God communicating to people through a person, um, that's what we talked about last week, that's the gift of tongues, that's a message from God in another language, and we're not really talking about that today. What we're talking about is praying in tongues, praying in a prayer language, a heavenly language, and we're again, we're just going to be open. As we were up here singing, I kept seeing people come in, and I thought, "Oh man, this is." There's going to be people here that think we are crazy, <laughs> think that like, "Oh, what are we doing, talking about speaking in tongues and praying in tongues?" We're just going to be open because I've experienced this as I've gone through church. Um, when I and tell people I'm a Christian and that I go to a Pentecostal church or a, a, a Holy Spirit-filled church, um, often I'll get the question, so what's the deal with the whole tongues thing? Like, what's that all about? And I'll try to explain it. And, and then the next question is always, can you can you show it? Like, what is it? Can you show it? I want to, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, show it. I'm not gonna prove it to you. Um, but there are there are people on both sides that are curious. There are people on both sides that have opinions already made up, and even some very kind of hard headed opinions. Um, people who are determined that tongues is just speaking in tongues is just emotion and Christian hysteria and gibberish, and it's all made up and phony. And then you have people on the other side that would go too far and say, "If you're not speaking in tongues, you're not even a Christian. You don't even have the Holy Spirit in you. If you're not speaking in tongues, you know all of these things." We have people that are, you know, saying things or have these these um, built in beliefs that they have been taught. Maybe you grew up in a church environment that taught, yeah, the Holy Spirit is not is not active today, or speaking in tongues is not right, or you grew up in a church like I did where the Holy Spirit, the the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit was active in our church, and there was times where I was like, man, this feels a little weird, and I'm not sure about this. What we're going to do today is we're just going to relax, and we're going to look at Scripture. We're going to open the Word of God. This is not my opinions, and I've said this a number of times before. If we're here to, to learn all about my opinions on things, then we are wasting our time. But we're looking in the Word of God, and I didn't write this, Okay, so don't don't blame me for anything it says. But we're going to look at Scripture today, and we're going to be open to the Holy Spirit with the understanding of this, and I want us to get this, that God's Word is trustworthy. God's Word is trustworthy, right? We trust what it says. And God's heart for each of you is love, a loving Father that wants to give you good things. He wants good for you. So if you have a Bible, and I'd love to have you open a – there's a black hardcover Bible in the pew – We're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. It's about, you know, three-quarters or even further than that way through your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And as you're turning there, I would love to pray for this time together. So let's just open up this message in a time of prayer. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. And we are going to look into the Word of God. And we are going to open our hearts to you. And God, we want everything you have for us. So I pray for people who have built up preconceptions about this topic um, whether it's because of bad church experience or what they've been taught, I just pray that we would lay all those preconceptions down and we just open our hearts to you. We want your truth. We want your spirit to be alive in us. And that's what I'm praying for today. I pray that you would help me communicate this well in your name. Amen. Amen. So I mentioned briefly a couple weeks ago or last week we were two chapters before this in 1 Corinthians 12 talking about the gifts of the spirit. And the last week we talked about there's tongues, the gift of tongues and an interpretation of tongues in a public gathering. Um, And then, so that was in 1 Corinthians 12. The next chapter is 1 Corinthians 13. And if you've ever been to a wedding, you know 1 Corinthians 13 because that's the love chapter. That's the chapter that's often um, read at a wedding and that is you know if i speak in the tongues of men or angels but i do not have love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal i love that verse and it goes on love is patient love is kind it does not envy so that's the love chapter in there and i lo- and i love that that chapter's right in the middle of a talk about the gifts of the holy spirit i love that because the whole point of this is All of the gifts of the Spirit, all the things we can do in a church service, they don't mean anything if we don't have a heart of Jesus, a heart for love, right? A heart of Jesus for loving other people, for loving all people. If you are pursuing spiritual gifts and heavenly prayer languages and speaking in tongues, but you're treating others poorly, then you're missing the point, right? Amen? We have enough Christians in the world that are trying to be high and mighty and pursuing the gifts and showing everybody all their prophetic gifts, but they're treating people without love. And we need to have a heart of Jesus for people. And that's why I love that that chapter is right in the middle of this, right in the middle of that chapter of the talk about spiritual gifts. And that chapter needs to be read by all Christians who are seeking righteousness and purity and the gifts of the Spirit and yet maybe not treating people with love. We need to treat all people with the love of Christ. But it's interesting, that first verse of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do have not love, then I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Paul is talking here. He's writing this. We believe that the Holy Spirit was, you know, breathing this, and Paul kind of wrote this as led by the Holy Spirit If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, Paul is saying, well, there's tongues of men and there's tongues of angels. There's earthly languages and then there's heavenly languages. Paul is laying that out. He goes on and on in verses after this, saying, talking about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. Um, That verse in there just simply says, there are tongues of men and there are tongues of angels. And sometimes God speaks through his people in a message in Tongues. And we talked about that last week. It's a a public thing. But what I believe in Scripture, what I believe Scripture says and looking at this, and and, uh, we're going to look at a number of verses today, that there is also a prayer language in tongues, in another language, in a heavenly language that we all receive when we receive the Holy Spirit. So again, at the risk of being over disclaimer guy, you know, there are people hearing this for the first time, and you're open, and this is brand new information to you, and I love that. I love that. You might even be a little skeptical or uncertain, and that's fine, and I just want you to be open to the Holy Spirit, and there's probably people in here who are regretting coming to church today because you think this is all crazy and made up, um, and then there are people with who are here who are already getting nervous because you have been a part of church services about speaking in tongues before, and it, it ended in a kind of, you know, all just my experience. I have church baggage as well okay i grew up in a great home my dad was a preacher i grew up in a great church but i went to a lot of kids camps a lot of youth camps and if you've ever been to a youth camp a pentecostal youth camp if it was monday through friday wednesday night was holy spirit night right you knew at dinner it was you know Tater tot, casserole, and then at night it was Holy Spirit night in the service, okay? You just got, to, you got used to that. You got to the, the general flow of events. Monday night, you, you got, all the kids got saved, and Tuesday night, we all got convicted of the evil in our lives, and Wednesday night was Holy Spirit night, and Thursday night was getting called into ministry night. This was how every youth camp went. If you go to a youth camp, that's it. That's all we do. So Wednesday night was Holy Spirit night, and I'd, I'd get nervous, or when I was in a service like this, i just start getting nervous because I'm like, I know they're going to call me up. And they're going to say, if you want to speak in tongues, come on up. And, and my experience is this. As a kid at kids' camp, there was a service on speaking in tongues. And I prayed. And I, I believe I started speaking in tongues. But I'm more cynical. My wife, on the other hand, was at a kids' camp in another country than where I was. And she got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. She's not cynical at all. So from that day on, for me, it was always just like, did, I, did that really happen? Was I just making it up? Was that weird? So I was like a tormented youth for many years, right? And every time it was Holy Spirit night, I'd get nervous and And I was honestly seeking God. But I kind of felt like, and I think churches have done a poor job at this, I kind of felt like second-class Christian. And I was like trying to earn it. Like, come on, come on, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. And I would go up and they'd call all the people up who wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And people would lay hands and I just, my palms were sweating and the pressure was rising. And everyone's like, come on, you can do it. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And other people would get filled with the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. And I'd be like great for them, and everyone would celebrate them, and then those of us who didn't, we'd kind of walk away feeling like, oh, I guess it, I guess God didn't give me the gift of the Holy Spirit tonight. And then the people meaning well would say, it's okay, you know, you'll, you'll get it next time. Hang in there, kiddo. You'll get it next time. Like I'm runner-up in a spiritual beauty pageant or something like that. Like I'm a pole vaulter training for the Olympics, and I can't quite get to the bottom. you'll, You'll get it next time. Hang in there. But I just have experienced this in my life, and I've experienced this talking to a number of other people who are seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They feel discouraged. They feel discouraged. So I know we all have baggage. Even in our denomination, the Assemblies of God, we have a phrase that we like to use. It's in our statement of beliefs, the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't really even, don't tell anybody, I don't really even like that evidence word, the initial physical evidence, because it kind of feels like, like, um, oh yeah, you say you speak in tongues? Well, prove it. You know, where's the evidence of that? So I, you know, there's baggage that we have, and you can tell I'm kind of just getting rid of all my baggage. But here's what I read in Scripture. Here's what I read in Scripture. The Holy Spirit is for all believers. All believers. The Holy Spirit is for all believers, and he comes in when invited. And we all learn from that point on to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including a prayer language that we can use to communicate with God. And we begin to see fruit of the Spirit. And we begin to see the gifts of the Spirit. And we learn how to pray in tongues if we want. That's what I see in Scripture. Speaking in tongues is not a requirement for being a Christian. It's not a sign of the best Christians. It's not a status symbol that is like, oh, look at me. Now I have the gold star, gold medal. But there is a gift of a prayer language, praying in tongues, that is available. It's scriptural. We're going to see that today. And it is beneficial. And we're going to see that today as well. So I told you we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 14. This is Paul continuing to talk about spiritual gifts continuing to talk about speaking in tongues, and he's talking a lot to a group of people about speaking in tongues in public gatherings, and if you read 1 Corinthians 14, you'll see a lot of times of, you're speaking in tongues, but I'd rather you prophesy in the language that everyone knows, because if you're speaking in tongues, nobody knows what you're saying, because it's in a different language. So this is what Paul is talking about, and I just want to start in verse 1 and 2 of 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love, he's, again, he's following up that love chapter, and eager, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Okay, so this is the Apostle Paul talking to these early Christian, first century Christians. And what I was the key thought there was when Paul said, those who speak in a tongue don't speak to people, but to God. So he's talking about something different than when God speaks like prophetically through you, because that's a message from God through you to other people. Paul's talking about when I speak in tongues, it's not a message for people, it's me communicating with God, this praying in tongues. This is not when God speaks through us, this is us. Speaking to God, communicating to God in another tongue or another language. And even that word, they utter mysteries of the spirit. We don't even really know what we're saying. Praying in tongues is from our spirit. We don't know what we're communicating. I think of it as this. It's my it's this, it's the Holy Spirit in me communicating to God the Father. It's it's um you know we have in our we have bodies and minds and emotions and physical bodies and then we have our soul and our spirit. And that's kind of like the God center part. When I pray in tongues, I feel that it is my soul praying to God. It is the soul in me, it's my spirit in me that is communicating with God. And I don't know what I'm saying. It's in another language that I don't understand with my mind, but I like the idea of I just my soul cries out to God. And I'm not worried about my mind trying to figure everything out because I spend too much time with my mind trying to figure everything out. It is my soul crying out. It's my soul communicating to God. And you might be thinking, well, what does it sound like? And that's the question I get a lot from people who've never experienced this. And again, that's missing the whole point. It's not about the words or the sounds. I've heard people pray in tongues. It's very different, but it's not about the words or the sounds. It's just our soul crying out to God. But I think there is also something important about using our mouths to declare it and speaking that out, speaking it out by faith. Uh, verse 14, finding my place in the notes here. Verse 14 of uh, 1 Corinthians 14 says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Again, the same thing. He is saying that if I'm praying in a tongue, my spirit is praying, but my mind is unfruitful. My mind doesn't know what I'm saying, but my spirit is praying. Verse 15. So what shall I do? This is Paul, the apostle, talking. I will pray with my spirit. And what we've seen him talk about up until this point, we know that that means praying in tongues. I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding, using words that I know. I'll pray with my brain, and I'll pray with my spirit. I will sing with my spirit. Again, singing out in tongues. Or I will sing with understanding. And then one uh, one other passage here for now, verse 18 and 19, it says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Very interesting verse there. But we see that Paul is saying, I speak in tongues all the time. I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in a public gathering, I'd rather prophesy in the language that everybody knows. I'd rather speak five words or ten words that can encourage other people rather than praying in tongues that nobody understands. But he's saying, I'm praying in tongues. This is the Apostle Paul. He's praying in tongues a lot. He's saying, I'm praying in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues more than all of you. He's praying with the Spirit, but he's also praying with understanding. So we see that scriptural, the scripture talks about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. It's a heavenly language that our spirit is praying to God, and it is available to all believers through the Holy Spirit. So your next question would be, why? (laughs) You know, why? Why create all this, you know, baggage or controversy or things like people that don't understand or praying in another language? Why any of this? Well, I want to go back to verse 4, that same chapter. Verse 4 says this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So Paul is talking. If you're speaking in tongues, you edify yourself. And if you're prophesying in, in our case, English, you're edifying the church. Now, some people, and I read a lot of commentaries, some people have used and misused that verse to say, when you speak in tongues, you're only edifying yourself. All you care about is yourself. You're only caring about being noticed and elevating yourself, but if you would prophesy in English, then everyone would get something out of it as a way to say, don't speak in tongues. But I think the translation there, and I read some commentaries, that translation with the word but in the middle, it makes it seem like those two things are in opposition. And a better translation for that verse would be, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And on the other hand, anyone who prophesies edifies the church. It would be the same way of saying, when I read the Bible by myself, I edify myself. I build myself up. And when I read the Bible with other people, I'm building up the other people as well. It's the same thing. That is what he's talking about here. There is a benefit of praying in tongues. It builds you up. This is what the Bible says. It edifies you. It builds you up. So just from that alone, anybody ever feel like they just need to be built up a bit? Any, anybody ever feel like, man, I am just limping through life. I am struggling. I wish I could. And, and we have this gift from God, this grace gift to pray in tongues. And it says it builds us up. It edifies us. That's one of the reasons I pray in tongues. Because I feel edified. I feel built up. When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling at the end of my rope for whatever situation, I pray in tongues because it builds me up. I feel it's a connection from my spirit to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, verse 18, um, it'll be on the screen. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always be praying. keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. This is Paul talking again to a different group of first century Christians. I pray and pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in your normal language. But what's interesting about this and another benefit to praying in tongues is where this verse sits Earlier in that chapter, the verses leading up to this are where Paul is talking about the armor of God. And if you grew up in Sunday school, you had lessons on the armor of God, right? We learned about the shield of faith. We taught this in kids' church on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. The whole point of this chapter is... We don't battle against flesh and blood, but there is a spiritual enemy of our souls. And this is what Paul is teaching the the people. There is a spiritual enemy that we have that is trying to derail your faith, trying to keep you from following God, trying to take you out, trying to destroy your family. We have a spiritual enemy enemy and so paul is talking about we have a way to resist this spiritual enemy and it's the armor of god we have the belt of truth we have the belt of the sword of the spirit which is god's word we have the breastplate of righteousness we have the shield of faith all of these things that we can have and he ends it and i don't think we ever include this in the armor of god but that verse comes right after that and pray in the spirit on all occasions what Paul is teaching the first century church is this, we have a spiritual enemy and one of the things that we can do to resist that spiritual enemy, to fight back, is to pray in the spirit, to pray in tongues, to pray in a heavenly language. We have this gift that not only builds us up, but is actually, I you know, like the word weapon, but it is like, it's an offensive attack against the enemy of our souls, there is times where I pray in tongues. This is another benefit of praying in tongues because it is pushing back the, the opposition, the spiritual opposition. There are times, and maybe you've experienced this, maybe you haven't, where just spiritually you can sense like an oppression or a heaviness. And there are times where I don't know how to pray then. I don't know how to pray, but I pray in tongues because that is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and I see that as a way to push back the oppression. We experienced this in Panama this last summer, and every year we've gone to Panama, we've experienced this, that there is a spiritual darkness there, and sometimes we don't sense it here in this country, and you don't really sense spiritual opposition until you go to some of these other countries where there is much more history and culture of witchcraft and spiritual worship of, you know, enemy spirits. Well, we're there, and what we're there doing as a team in Panama is we're trying to bring the light of Jesus to a culture of teenagers that have experienced abuse, sexual and physical abuse. We know that is a stronghold of the enemy in Panama, and we know there is a spiritual enemy that's going to want to not have us bring the light of Jesus there. And every time we're there, we feel a spiritual opposition. And this last summer, we were in a, in a room, and we were praying before the, the conference that day. And a few people just came up to the leaders, our missionary friends. They're like, I just feel a heaviness. We just need to pray. We just need to pray. Like there was things that were not going well. And there's times where it's just, yeah, things aren't going well. And then there's times we know this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And we know that we need to to claim this territory for the Holy Spirit. And so the missionary, our missionary friend, just said, If you pray in tongues, can we just pray in tongues right now? And if you don't, just pray in English. But we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would break these strongholds. And we could hear in the room just people praying. Some in English, some many in Spanish, because we're in Panama. And then some were praying in a heavenly language. And you could feel the difference. You could feel the spirit change. That heaviness was lifted because there's power in the Holy Spirit. We have this gift, and we have access to this language where we can pray in the Spirit, and that is another benefit. It is a breaks through a spiritual heaviness. It is, it is the way we can be offensive in our war, in spiritual warfare, and in our spiritual enemy. Um, there's a small book in the end of the New Testament, right before Revelation, Jude. There's only one chapter. Verse 20, it says this. T- again, talking about facing opposition in your faith. Jude, verse 20, says this. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up, again, edifying yourselves in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, so there are times when I pray in tongues when I'm at a loss for words in prayer, when there's a situation that's difficult. And as a pastor, I get phone calls, and I say, they say, you have to go visit this person, you have to go meet with this family, something tragic has happened. And on the way there, I'm like, I, I am at a loss for words clearly I'm not well equipped to come in here with all the wisdom that's going to make everybody feel better, but I pray in the Spirit in those moments because when I'm at a loss for words, the Holy Spirit intercedes for me. The Holy Spirit is praying for what needs to be prayed for, if that makes sense. When I'm at a loss for words, when there's a difficult situation, there are times most Sunday mornings um, when we are in pre-service prayer, and every Sunday morning we have a pre-service prayer time, which you'd be welcome to. I can. It's at 10, 10 a.m. up in the kids' room. Um, but when I'm praying there, when we spend some time praying for specifically this service and the ministry of this church. There's times when I pray in the Spirit. I pray in tongues because I don't know what everyone is bringing in to this place, but the Holy Spirit knows. I don't know all the battles that you're fighting, all the heaviness that you're feeling, but the Holy Spirit knows. So that's just a way for me to say I don't I don't know. I can't communicate all the things that need to be communicated here. But Holy Spirit, you do. I'm going to pray in this prayer language because it is a lifter of the heaviness. It builds me up. And it is a way to pray when I don't know what to pray for, when I'm in a really difficult situation. And there are times when I'm praying in tongues, praying in a heavenly language, when I'm just moved in worship. And sometimes that's in a public gathering. And sometimes it's just at home where I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of God. And it's just a response. And I believe that is maybe like when the, the first time that you would start speaking in tongues, and a lot of people had this experience. It's, a, it's at an altar moment, and you're just overcome with the presence of God. I believe that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is coming in you, and you are overcome, and you just start expressing your praise and your thanks to God. And, and a lot of times that's in a heavenly prayer language. You are speaking in tongues. It is by faith that we do this. It's by faith that we do this. There are times when I'm praying in tongues, and I'm, I'm again. The cynical part of my brain is saying, "Are you just making up?" syllables and words right now are you just making it up I'm not you're not really feeling this right now but it's by faith because I know what the word of God says I know this the Holy Spirit is in me so by faith I'm doing in this and then there are other times where it's a response of just the presence of God and it's like an overflow of the presence of God in my life and the Holy Spirit in my life Then I can sense that and I just respond in that singing in the Spirit or praying in the Spirit so it's a faith thing it's a heart thing it's a sincerity thing If you're blabbering blabbering syllables just to get noticed or to look more spiritual, then you're missing the point. And Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 13, you're just a clanging gong. You're You're a resounding symbol because you're missing the point. It's a sincerity thing. It's a heart thing. It's a faith thing. But when in faith you trust the word of God and you believe that the Holy Spirit is in you, and you allow your spirit to pray, and you open up your mouth and begin to speak in a heavenly language, you are built up. You are built up. You allow your spirit to pray. You are pushing back the spiritual enemy. You are doing all these things. There's all these benefits. So we see that the Bible says that speaking in tongues is scriptural, it's in there. And we've looked at some of the benefits. So the third thing, and as we wrap up in just a couple of minutes, is this it's a choice. It's a choice. And here's where I think we miscommunicate this at times, because some people seek and are discouraged. I tried, I tried, but God didn't give me tongues. God didn't give it to me. I guess God didn't want me to have the Holy Spirit, and they leave discouraged. And they have this mentality of, well, I'm trying, but I'm waiting for God to take over and to do it for me. And then there are other people who say, well, that's all fine, but God has not given me that gift. God has not given me that gift. And if he wanted me to speak in tongues, he'd force me to do it, right? Because he's God. Again, waiting for God to take over. All those verses we read of the Apostle Paul was, I will pray in tongues. I will pray in tongues on all occasions. I will speak in tongues. I will sing in the Spirit. I will worship in the Spirit. All those times, it's I'm making the choice to do this. I'm deciding to speak in tongues. I'm deciding this. It's an act of will. There is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you read through the book of Acts... You'll see several instances where people were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Many times they began to speak in tongues right away. Sometimes it doesn't say that. Can we assume that maybe they did and it just didn't get written down? Sure. We could maybe assume that. I told you our stories. It was a youth camp or a kid's camp, and then for me it was kid's camp, and then I spent a lot of years wondering if it was just phony baloney, and uh, if I was just making it up, and I remember a youth service, a regular youth service on a Friday night in Canada where the the youth pastor said, we're just going to pray for people, and if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was just a very simple, God, I don't know if this has been all made up, I just know I want you, I want more of your presence, and I just felt the presence of God in a deeper way than I had before. And I noticed I was speaking out in a language that to other people probably just sounded like blabbering syllables. But I was responding by speaking out in the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are there people that get baptized but don't speak in tongues? I believe that's the case. I believe there, for whatever reason, there is a delay in the use of that prayer language. But here's what I never see in Scripture Is that people who are seeking the Holy Spirit, God says, "Uh, No, not for you. You know, when we are seeking, God is a good father that pours out good gifts. And here's the the last verse I want to read. And really, this is a great wrap up for this series Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 says this. I'm going to read a few verses here. This is Jesus talking. So I will say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Again, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And we're going to remember those words. Everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks on the door, the door will be open. Which of your fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen? Ask, and it will be given to you. We're leaning on God's word today. And if you're hung up on the speaking in tongues thing, but you want all of God, I just want you to open up your heart and say, God, I want everything you have for me. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit because we believe it's God's presence in our life. It's because we believe that it is God's boldness and his spirit and his power for us to live as effective witnesses and to live the life that God has for us to live, right? If you have not yet um, surrendered your life to Jesus, that's your first step. That's your first step. We always see that in Scripture. People decided to follow Jesus. They put their faith in Jesus. After that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But I never see, and I've already mentioned this, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where honestly seeking believers were denied the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's not in there. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. So we're going to end this service, and everyone just, it's, it's, everyone relax. We're not, <laughs> maybe it's just me who's nervous. <laughs> we're going to end the service, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and we're just going to be open to what God has for us. Now, Here's the deal this might, again, this is this speaking in tongues, this prayer language, it's, it's really a private thing. It might be something this week where you're just praying at home and you feel that you have the presence of God and you've asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And maybe at home when you're praying, maybe just a few syllables will kind of pop into your head and you'll just start saying that. Or there's going to be a time where you're like, I, I think I might like to start praying in tongues. And you're going to start something that just sounds like blabbering and your mind's going to be like you're faking it. But in faith, you're saying, no, I have the Holy Spirit in me and I'm going to learn to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to learn to operate in this gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm open to everything God has for me. And there might be time where it's more of a, you sense God's presence in you. And it becomes more of just kind of an outflow of the presence of God in you. But here's what I want us to do. If we could all just stand. Let's stand and we're going to close in prayer. So, Lord, we just commit our lives to you. We want everything you have for us. We don't want to put up roadblocks to things because they seem weird or uncomfortable. We look into your word. We rest on the promise that your word has for us, that your Holy Spirit is for us, and we receive it. And, God, I'm praying for everyone here that this week, this week, that we would sense a time where your spirit is moving in us. It might be to talk to somebody. We might have a a bolder faith to go share our faith with somebody or just strike up a conversation. To, with a heart of love as you had for us, to go and speak prophetically over somebody or to pray for somebody. To pray for healing for someone in bold faith, realizing that you can perform miracles. I'm praying for those encounters this week for everybody who's here. I'm praying for times when we're alone at home and we're praying that you would stir our hearts and we would respond in a prayer language, praising you and thanking you. I'm praying for those things for this church, Lord. I thank you that you are moving, that you are alive, that you are active. We praise you and thank you. Give us a wonderful week. Thank you for building your church and that we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen, amen.